age of darkness. May God have mercy upon your souls. Something's wrong. Something's amiss. At a time of evil. When the world needed a hero. The swallow us all. And it wasn't dying. What it got was him. Groovy. You know your shoelace is untied. He's a 20th century guy. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. Trapped in the Middle Ages. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. This is my boomstick. Now, let's talk about how I get back home. Foretold by a mystical book. Within its pages are passages that can send you back to your time. Forewarned by a wise man. You must recite the word Klaatu, Berata, Niktu. I got it, I got it. Fulfilled by a wise guy. Klaatu, Berata, Niktu. When they only spoke the words, the army of the dead awoke. Now, he's got a date. Give me some sugar, baby. With the army of darkness. You found me beautiful once. Honey, you got real ugly. Sound the trumpets. Raise the drawbridge. Drop the Oldsmobile. From Sam Raimi. Oh, that's gonna hurt! Director of Dark Man. Comes Army of Darkness. They live. They breathe. Happy New Year, or Merry Christmas, depending if we missed uh, Merry Christmas, but definitely Happy New Year when this episode happens to air for another exciting episode of Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash Podcast, or just the Hack Podcast, after the events of the wrap-up of the ending of uh, Image Comics uh, Volume 2. Tonight on the show, for a while, we are going to be talking about Army of Darkness versus Hack, no slash. And what better people to join me than the two gentlemen responsible for this miniseries? Uh, we have Daniel Leister and Tim Seeley. Thank you both for joining me for this uh, amazing six-issue series with all the love to the Evil Dead and Army of Darkness in it. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thanks for having us. You guys, uh, this is probably the most uh, detailed, crazy, hyper-violent story in hack slash, in my opinion, do you both agree? Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. There's been some pretty violent stuff in the main series. I mean, you got the first well, issue well, with I, the well, uh, the blonde chick having her hands blown off and just being ripped apart left and right, and the blood everywhere. I can totally imagine yeah. that happening in an Army of Darkness movie. That wasn't that bad though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, hack slash generally is meant to be like. You know, it kind of adapts to whatever specific, you know, micro genre it's doing. So, you know, when we've done stuff that are, is more like a Freddy movie or if we do something that's more like a, a Michael Myers movie or whatever, you know, sometimes they're bloodless because not Michael Myers movies were bloodless. And then, you know, if it's really trashy like a Friday the 13th movie, then the, the level of gore would go up. But obviously Evil Dead is a splatter movie. So uh, Army of Darkness into it. Yeah, and obviously Army of Darkness in, in itself is not super gory because it's more of a sort of uh, action movie kind of uh, Ray Harryhausen. Yeah, it's kind of a Ray Harryhausen sort of movie. But I, as much as I love uh, 
Army of Darkness, I'm actually a bigger fan of Evil Dead, so I, I, I that's the direction we went with it. Who was the first one to come up with the idea to do it? Um, was it Dynamite coming to you, Tim? Did you, uh, did, or would you, I mean, I'm assuming, of course, you were always an Evil Dead and Army of Darkness fan, but who was the first one to kind of pitch the idea of doing this kind of crossover, especially after how the last series had just ended? Uh, well, I mean, it was a long time coming. We had talked about doing it for years. I think, you, well, I mean, I don't, have I ever told you the secret origin of, Flash and how it relates to Evil Dead, anyway. Uh, you, I think you have, yeah. I mean, you've you've gone over that when you went over like you know where Vlad came from and Cassie came from, but uh, the uh, the uh, the Army of Darkness Evil Dead part, I don't quite think we talked about well, that connection. Okay, so well, back when I when uh, Devils Do first started, I was still living in Minneapolis. I wasn't even working on staff. They, GI uh, Joe came out that um you know that September 11th or 12th, really. Uh, famously 2001 and then uh you know it was a huge success and so i was helping josh do stuff but i was still living in minneapolis and he was in uh, chicago and then uh about like i don't know maybe about april or may that year uh no march it was march because i came down for my birthday i met with uh devil's do and josh was like hey I, I if you want you could work here all i have to do is move to chicago so i said okay i'm doing it and then it took me about three months to get out of my lease and quit my job at the children's book company. But uh, in the meantime, Josh was like, you can start working for Dell's do, but your assignment is to find us other properties to license. So uh, I started doing all kinds of research and, you know, Josh came from licensing. So he had a background and, and, and who to contact, but I I did a pitch book basically of like things that I thought we should go after, which included uh, masters of the universe, um, Halloween, uh, can't think what else was, was in that thing, um, but one of them was Evil Dead. Was in the um, it was in the pitch book, and I wrote a uh, pitch, basically a summary for a pitch of that's of a Evil Dead series we could do, but it was about a bunch of animals getting possessed at a um, you know deadite animals basically at an animal shelter. Right. And, yep. Yep. That was the first uh, very first one shot. Right. And so we pitched it, and we didn't. We didn't know at the time there was like a bunch of legal stuff with Evil Dead and Evil and Army of Darkness, which still remains uh, that they are separate licenses. Hmm. And so yeah. we had essentially pitched the wrong people, and so they turned us down. Uh, but I used the story for the first Hack Slash, obviously, and then uh, you know then later when when Dynamite we were working with Dynamite, we published them at Devil's Due first. We were publishing Army of Darkness at the time before they went on their own, and uh, so we had talked about it then like that it was going to be, you know, we were going to do a hack slash crossover, like, you know, it was 2004, I think. Yeah. Uh, and so, but we couldn't get it to go together. I don't remember why. Uh, yeah. I can't remember the Chucky one, I think because it went first, maybe I don't remember exactly what happened, but, but in any case, the, the, there was, we are always talked about doing it. Uh, so then, you know, flash forward six years or whatever, uh, Nick knew I still wanted to do it, and he had emailed me and said, hey, you think this is the time to do it? And I told him to wait until the Hackflash series, I wrapped up the story, because I, I had an idea of how to go, uh, you know, post-Vlad, like how to... Use it and wrap it up in the whole thing. Yeah, and so that, so that we waited until that. I think we, we waited like a year, because I knew what the story was going to be, and then, then we rolled it out like pretty quickly after that, so... Uh, but a lot of Hackslash stories started out as crossovers, um, 
the one Dan that you drew, uh, uh, my first maniac started out as a pitch for a hack slash versus Halloween crossover. Hmm, so. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's right. I I, I had heard that before, and uh, I I had always been meant to. God, thank you for bringing that up because I always kept hearing that, and I was just like, that makes sense. I could see those images, and they at the last minute being like, oh no, we don't have the license. We have to change everything, or oh, it's still with Devil Do's Press because of the the Devil's Do Press collapse or whatever. And they had the Halloween comic book. You know what I'm fucking shocked about? We've had two insanely successful Halloween movies recently. 2018 and this year. Love or hate them, whatever you feel about them, I don't care. The point is, they have made bank, and we have no Halloween comic books. Well, there's probably reasons. I I know those guys. I'm not going to speak for them, but, you know, I know the guys making those movies, so uh, I believe it's been discussed. I I think, uh, you know, the... The thing with Halloween is that each sort of iteration of it, like there's the original and then the Rob Zombie ones, they're all, just, they're all separate licenses. So, you know, that's usually why. It, if things don't seem to go smoothly, it's usually because they're they are different. Every time they do a, a sort of different version, they make it a, a different deal. So that's probably why. Ah, so it's always being wrapped up in the last deal. Yeah, I mean, but it's been so long since those Rob Zombie movies. So, um the uh, the the series itself, the the one that we're talking about, Army of Darkness versus Hack, um, I it was so unique and different compared to what had just happened in Hack Slash, Vlad or no Vlad. And for anyone who's not familiar with the series and tuning in because you like the Army of Darkness, Vlad, the main, the secondary main character, or equal to Cassie, had recently been killed off and remained dead for 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 quite some time, and we were getting kind of like Boiler. a couple miniseries. What? Spoiler, spoiler for something that... <laughs> if you're listening to this in the future, the television series has now been successful on Shudder. Uh, <laughs> Vlad dies at some point. <laughs> and then Bruce Campbell in his 70s... <laughs> Pops up out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> um... Which is also funny that we're talking about this, and this episode will be posted online in 2022. We have an art. We have a new Evil Dead movie coming out in 2022. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, Rise of the Evil Dead or something like that. Fear the Evil Dead. Maybe I'm confusing it with the Walking Dead crappy is spinoff it, shows. Is but it Campbell or a remake of the one they did? No, they're doing it as a standalone film. It's not going to be a Cabin in the Woods story. It's going to be set in like a um um uh, uh office building. So just going to like take the entity and go that way. Correct. Uh, I'm thinking, like, did they read Charlie Adler's Empire Vampire story? Because that's what it's beginning to sound like the more I hear about mm-hmm. it. Um, it will be the year of Sam Raimi because he's also got, of course, the uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness to come out. Uh, can't wait for that one. That one's so cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But getting into the actual issues themselves, all six issues, the, uh, you know... Um, there, but uh, Daniel, uh, for your for your artwork, some of some of the uh, big splash page shots that we get in here of Ash and all of his villains and and nuttiness, and then Cassie with all of her villains and heroes and nuttiness are two of your best pieces of artwork. Not because they're violent, not because they're maybe not because you know there's no like need for excessive amount of violence and there's no need for excessive amount of gratuity or or, or sex appeal. They're just really two cool. George Perez style images of a ton of characters behind them. Did you yeah, kill yourself kind of looked, working on them, or is is it easier to draw it panel by panel? 
No, I mean, it was a lot of fun just coming up with them because I think Tim just had like a, uh, just like, um, I don't know what the word is, just like a, images of all the characters that that person's been with and then images of the characters that Cassie has run into. So just an overall quick rundown of each one. And it was just fun being able to dive into both and play around with it totally. Well, so we did a weird thing with the this this series that nobody else had done with the Dynamite Army of Darkness was that we said it was all the same story because a lot of the crossovers and stuff you know they did a crossover with uh, Marvel Zombies and, and stuff like that but they tended to like you know the next Army of Darkness miniseries wouldn't mention it there was like no real continuity so we said that they were all the same so like Ash mentions in there that he you know that he, some of the characters he dated from the earlier stories. He mentions Allison, I think, from Army of Do- um, Marvel Zombies, which is a Dazzler. Hmm. Uh, and so, it, you know, we tried to make it like it was one story and that this was the ash of the comics that, you know, that we were crossing over with. Cool. And so I would just tell Dan, like, here's all the characters uh, and just go nuts. Like, I try to give him, like, big, you know, sort of, Art Adams or Kevin McGuire type scenes where it would just be like, here, draw everybody together. And you killed it. I knew we had to do for this too, is like we were going to get new fans reading this. So we had to show them a bunch of cool shit so that they would go back and read Hack Slash. Which was yeah. One just, of the a little, just a little plug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a, the, uh, the villains in the background for uh, Ash, the one in particular, or I guess hero villain, is that the gender swapped Ash? The, uh, the brown-haired girl? Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, because I was like, Ash is known for having a shirt un- undone or whatever, and her shirt's undone. She's got the boomstick. I uh, can't see her other hand, but I was just like, is- didn't they do a gender-swapped Ash? Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. And then, uh, again, all of Cassie's uh, best villains, which, good God, we need action figures of all these things. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we put it all... You see that how, like, you know, one of the things we had to set up was that this will make sense if you jam these worlds together, which I feel like is always the thing we do a crossover because to me, it's not like I never do like, if this is some alternate world or this isn't in continuity, like all the hack slash crossovers are part of the hack slash story. I don't know if it's part of army of darkness. I don't get to decide that, but you know, this is part of the hack slash continuity for sure. Important things happen in here. Uh, it's not like it's, you know, it, it's, you know, not part of uh, Cassie's, you know, character growth or moments, like all, all those things that happen are, are important to the story. And we got shit for, and people were mad like that she slept with Ash, but I was like, you know, she want, she wanted that fucking book. Like she wanted it really bad. And this was showing you how bad she wanted it. Cause she doesn't really like him. Right. Yeah. That was she the one thing I was, I was really idiot. curious about. It was like, it's like, wow, she sleeps with Vlad, uh, sorry, sleeps with Ash cheating on, uh, Georgia. You know what? What? Huh? Wow, that was surprising. Not beneath her character to probably do that, but that's how that's how badly she wanted to get Vlad back. So, you know, it she she's supposed to be imperfect. I think that's the thing that people forget about Cassie too is that she's not supposed to be, oh, uh, you know, you're not supposed to look up to her. She's she she's supposed to be kind of a wreck. You know? Yeah. So she does shit that that I wouldn't do. And she does things that hopefully none of us would do, but, uh, you know, so, and obviously Ash is kind of a creep. Like that's part of his deal too. Uh, you know, and in fact, when they did that Ash versus the evil dead TV show, like the way that he is with 
some of those uh, those two kids is like I think we kind of preempted some of those ideas to some degree because we kind of you know we had some some of those kind of arcs started already. Um, in the first issue, Dan, you you you've got this uh, the possessed blonde girl. There's ads in between, so I'm trying to figure out who this is. Uh, down in the basement, just like chewing on her fingernails and just like arm and legs being blown off and the just like the bones and the breaking and just the face ripping and it's just it's so it ridiculous. Like it's a bad thing. <laughs> it's so ridiculously over the top, but it's awesomeness in 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 all its uh, goriness. Um, it it you know the um I, I always felt like the uh, yeah the the art the Evil Dead films were violent. But when they did that remake of The Evil Dead in 2013, I thought that brought the violence to a whole new dimension of, uh, of, of level. And, and uh, I could see them attributing it to, this, uh, to your artwork in this book. Um, Is that where it like, rained blood at the end? Yeah, that's one where yeah. the, uh, the, the heroine character, uh, heroine added character, Maya, she's uh, reborn in the ground. Yeah, I thought, I thought you know what I mean? Cool. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, actually. So she, um, and then she, and then, and then the car collapses on her arm. She has to rip her own arm off. And then she like chainsaw fucks in the face, the demonic version of herself crawling out of the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, this is the violence that they wanted all the budget for compared to the the first two movies. And I'm just seeing it like in your artwork in these pages. Well, I mean, uh, like when, uh, Tim, when Tim gives you the script and everything, it's it's all there. And like, you know, it's the chewing of the fingernails and the blood. And then you, he gives you the go ahead to just go with it. And we're leaning into the evil dead mythos. So it's over the top blood and craziness. So you just go with it. How much uh, how much freedom does uh, Tim give you to draw and just be like, you know what you're doing? Just go crazy. Usually pretty good. Um <laughs> Only time was a, a nip slip was the only time we had a little back and forth how much of a nip slip we were supposed to have in the uh, hack slash. But everything else, he he's pretty much been go ahead with. Right, because the books are rated T, so you can't have any nipple slippage, but you can still have uh, enough uh, cleavage and, and, and boobage to uh, exactly. get exactly. keep that T rating. <laughs> yeah, right. So every all the blood and gore is more the better. I it, It's an ongoing... A complaint of mine that you know it's okay to show like people's heads getting ripped off but you can't show boobs like that's for sure my biggest beef with american well american entertainment culture american culture i have a whole lot more beefs with but oh uh, right that one is me crazy and you know it's such a hypocrisy that you can't you know sh- that sex is so verboten but violence and that that's some bullshit christian crap that's ground in but you know we I we went with it, and I tried to also put sex in it. That's why, you know, I was like, obviously she would sleep with Ash, and she was trying to be seductive, and he would not be able to resist that because he's not known for his uh, skills with women in any way. So I felt like it had to be there, you know. The um, oh, what was I gonna say? The uh, oh, I just had the hold on, I had the wrong issue in my hand. Throughout every issue, there seems to be callbacks to every single one of the Evil Dead films. Either it's the tiny little ashes, or it's like the talking reanimated heads and things like that. It was like you were really cherry-picking all of the best moments of the 
three Evil Dead films to uh, really put into it. Was there anything in particular that you didn't you you really wanted to get in there that you you couldn't? I mean, I'm assuming there's stuff always let on the comedy room floor for comic books. Well, if I remember, so um, you the license that uh, Dynamite has was just for Army of Darkness. So, like technically, you weren't supposed to use anything that was only in Evil Dead. You're supposed to use stuff that's just in Army of Darkness. Uh, so, I mean, I kind of played that to the letter, you know, kind of. Um, but we kind of, we cheated a little bit in things that were like, you know, they would be like, maybe they would say, oh, I, I don't think this happens in Evil Dead. And I'd be like, no, there's a there's a tiny ash in this. And, and then, you know, they usually went for it. Uh, because there is the, you know, th- there's like elements of Evil Dead throughout Army of Darkness, obviously. Um, but what we tried to do was, like, imply that these spells were on different pages that, you know, that the, the Necronomicon, why all those things happened to Ash was because he was reading spell book pages, essentially, and then they would do different things. Um, so, uh, you know, that way we could have it be sort of modular that every issue had a different, you know, sort of evil dead inspired army darkness inspired case that they were on. So we could do, like, you know, the, there was a that little society of these little mini people when we opened that one scene. And then, you know, the, the demons and, and uh, you know, sort of batwing demons and all that, that stuff, like, so that we could have it more modular because I didn't want to have it be, um, you know, all this sort of same story. I wanted them to move around and, like, be able to spend some time, uh, which is also kind of what they did with Ash versus the Evil Dead. So, you know, again, we kind of uh, jumped before the line on that one. But, uh, but, yeah, so that's, like, the approach that we did it. I uh, agree 100% with what you're saying about the, um, you know, like, excessive amount of blood and violence and then uh, boobs uh, are not okay. There was a season of American Horror Story that had um, Lady Gaga on it as, like, a vampire or something. And she is allowed to make these, like, you know, gestures with her fingers in the V-shape to another woman while they're watching some horror movie and her tongue and then later on, her and her lover are, like, rolling around, making out in the blood of the two people they just picked up at the uh, drive-in or movie theater, wherever they were. But she's got, like, nipple tassels on her nipples, like silver little dollar things. It's the oh, stupidest yeah. thing yeah. in the world. Because they are literally rolling around in just a bed covered in blood, but she's going to wear panties and, like, nipple tassels. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Yeah, and like the two guy, the two people they just picked up at the uh, you know the movie theater that they just fucked and killed or whatever, just laid out and dead. And I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> very, very selective. Very selective. It, uh, it annoyed the crap out of me, and I just gave up on that show completely. Daniel, when you're drawing um, Ash, did you have uh, did you have like full license to draw however Bruce Campbell looked, or do you have to make alterations? Because he does look like Bruce Campbell. So, uh, as far as I know, I. I, I was able to go that direction. I pr- like I printed off reference form and everything so I could keep it as close as I could and try to keep all the scars where they're supposed to be and everything. Um, I, I never got any backlash for like being too close or being him. Yeah, no, we were allowed to use his face. Uh, so yeah, that that was like a nice bonus that we got to make it, you know, Ash Ash. Uh, because obviously Bruce Campbell, you can't, you can't separate that actor from that character. You know, it's such a fundamental, fundamentally important uh, performance. Like, you know, that's why they don't recast Ash. It's just, 
you can have a different character. And I, I love the Evil Dead remake. I think it's it's one of the best horror me- remakes of all time. Uh, but like you couldn't do it without. Uh, you, c- you can't do the character of Ash with somebody else. It's just impossible. Yeah, it's kind of like how they tried to do the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street without Robert England. It just didn't quite work right. Yeah, yeah. Some of those characters are really hard to recast. You know, some are not, but some are. Jason, yeah. not so much. <laughs> yeah, right. Anybody can be Jason, and I mean. Obviously, everybody brings something really interesting to it when they do it, but, you know, it's not an identifiable face-based thing. Right. Daniel, not that you didn't have a lot to do, because you had six issues to draw, but you didn't do a cover. Uh, I thought I did, like, one. No, I'm looking at the no, back of every, I have every issue. I have every of the individual issues in my hand, and I don't see a cover for you in the back of them. No, I, I was probably just busy working on the book. Slacking off, man. One of the, the when we first signed up to do it, Stefano, who's the co-creator of Hack Slash, he, yeah, like, he did all the covers, didn't he? He yeah, did. He, he did, did a few of the covers. Yeah, I think he did almost one for issue. Yeah, he did one for each issue. That yeah. was our deal with uh, Dynamite was that we would do we would do the covers. That did, Steph and did, I would did Temple Smith do all another whole set too? I thought, or he did the yeah, couple. I think so. Yeah. He did uh well, okay so he did so Ben Temple okay so this is where we'll we'll go through the covers really quick. Uh, the first issue we have Stephen Casali on the main cover. We have Tim on the second one. Ben, Ken Heiser, um, and then a Ray Valentine Valent Valenti 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 for Jetpack Comics. Are, is Jetpack Comics a website or there a store? Well, just the mostly with Dynamite stuff was that you, you know they have. Uh, uh, like store exclusive, so Jetpack is a store. Oh, okay, yeah. And then we have the black and white versions of those covers as well, which I do like the black and white version of, uh, I'm sorry, there's a high-end black and white unlimited, ultra-limited Ash and then hat cover, and I love the upper left-hand corners, the, um, you know, like the way Marvel and DC used to put, like, the characters in the box above the, the price tag for the for the comic book. Um, they did that on those. So you actually, oh, sorry, so, okay, so these are the Daniel Leister covers uh, for those two. Uh, but that's the only one I could find. And the reason why I didn't see them is because they were in black and white. Yeah, but they made up for it, though. I got to do some uh, Army of Darkness covers, which were a lot of fun. I did, like, a Captain Morgan pose with Ash on one. And then uh, they had, like, um, Ash in the gangster, like, 1950s, I think. And I gave him a Tommy gun and his chainsaw, and that was really fun. Gotcha. Okay, so, I, oh, okay, now I know why I, 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 I missed it. And I thought I, I, I thought I saw you do a cover. The two I've done that, covers, just not for that series. No, right? oh yeah, I know. I know you did covers, but for this series, the black and white covers are the two pages I talked about early in this uh, ah, podcast. Right, the, right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, so they did black and white versions of those two. So it looks like they just took those two pages and put them on covers. Right, it spreads. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, issue two had uh, Stefano, Tim, Ben, and Ken again. Issue three has uh, Stefano, Tim, Ben again, and Ken. So it looks like uh, Ben did do a uh, full range of covers for it because he's on every single one of these because those are the four main artists, Stefano, Tim, Ben, Ken, for the next uh, three, four, five issues. Yep, all all of them. Uh, Christopher, oh, there's one by Christopher Mitten. And, oh, so uh, Ben did not do issue five. No. Or yeah, six. I mean, you know, it was kind of, uh, kind of based around, I think, how busy people were and such. So. Christopher Mitten, I'm not familiar with. Who's he? Uh, he's awesome. He uh, he's a Chicago guy. He does um, a bunch of stuff, but he's done a book with Anthony Johnson. Um, he, he like does he did a lot of Hellboy stuff. I think he's one of the main like BPRD guys. 
Do you guys ever buy ever bought a uh, copy of the Necronomicon over at like Barnes and Noble? They sell it. Can you believe that? Yes. I actually bought one when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah, it's like it it's it, it literally should be in the humor section, not the occult section cuz there's yeah, no it, there's nothing real about that book. No, it's you kind of read it and you're like, "What?" <laughs> it it's, doesn't quite follow the things of black magic you would think it would be. Right. I've always wanted to research who actually wrote that book, you know, because it it's fake. There's there's no uh you know crazy priest or something. Yeah, there's wait, it was who? L. Ron Hubbard wrote it. <laughs> oh, that's funny you mentioned that. And when I was in Philadelphia this weekend, I was just at the Church of Scientology. I didn't see it there, but uh maybe I should just... But they had a lot of L. Ron Hubbard's books at the Church of Scientology. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Audiobooks too, DVDs. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> The um, how long ago after uh, this did uh, Son of Sam Hain come out, Tim? Oh, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, probably like a year or two, I think. Like we roughly, I, I don't, you know, my my, I had a plan, sort of, to my plan was the image series, and then I knew we were going to do the crossover with Evil Dead, but I didn't have like a really firm idea of what would come after that, so that's why I let other people do it, and so I had. You know, uh, Mike Marisi, my brother, write a series, and I had Teeny write a series. Like, I just kind of wanted people to do their versions of Hackslash, and then I just I could, would come back for the crossover stuff. So that's why I did the, um, the Crow crossover and stuff. You know, like things that, and we've yeah. been working on the Crow crossover for as many years as the Evil Dead one. I mean, are you working one. with Obar on that one? Yeah, well, kinda. Uh, you know, he. Yeah, he has to give you permission. And I asked him, and he said, just don't embarrass me. That's what he told me. So, <laughs> yeah. That's that's James. That's that's my relationship with him is uh, mostly he uh, humors me, but uh, gives me a lot of shit. So. Mm. I'm still working on my crossover for you. I haven't got it yet. All right, get there. Right. Remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm still, I, you gave me that one note of like, why is this connected to the hack slash universe? And I'm like, Darn it! <laughs> so I'm still working on that. Yeah. Did you, have I, you got, have you, by the way, have you guys ever seen the, um, the Scooby-Doo cartoon, uh, Scooby-Doo on zombie Island? Oh, uh, I don't know if I've seen the cartoon of that one. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the Scooby-Doo cartoon where they actually go to an Island where there's like real monsters. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. It, it was a 1998 direct to DVD or direct to VHS rather. Uh, you know, launch of a brand new wave of Scooby-Doo animated movies that were supposed to be kind of like set with like real parameters of real ghosts. And every once in a while, Warner Brothers keeps going back to a retcon doing, oh, we're going to explain that that was really some real estate scheme and how we're going to destroy your hopes and dreams and, and childhood with uh, over explaining the plot line that doesn't need to be explained. And I have never watched the sequel because I've heard it does that. And I'm like, no, I will never watch that sequel because I already have the knowledge in my brain that that's what they do. I don't want to know how they break that movie apart and explain the mystical supernatural stuff that we saw in that movie as not being real. No fucking thank you. But anyway, the reason I bring it up is in issue, th uh, yeah, issue three, Daniel, uh, Cassie, while she's getting dressed, is getting attacked by a woman that looks like one of the creatures from that movie. Oh, in issue three, what was going on in issue three? Was that the? Uh, I think it's with the bounty hunters show up. Cassie. Uh, right. Okay, so Cassie and Vlad are. Uh, sorry, Cassie and Ash just got done stomping some of the little guys. 
Um, she calls Georgia. Yeah, they're at a hotel, and then this chick in yellow with yellow hair just attacks Cassie, and she literally looks Shot like one of the, the face. Yes, she looks just like one of the creature cat ladies from that Scooby Doo cartoon. I think I was just going for more of like a panther or something like that. And uh, the guy with the white hair, for some reason, reminds me a lot of either the um, uh, the the main character from The Witcher, The Witcher himself, or um, if you remember uh, Magneto's long-haired clone uh, character from X-Men, yeah. Joseph. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think has actually recently come back because, you know, the X-Men are now a death cult if you read X-Men. <laughs> No, I haven't done it in a while now. Yeah, yeah, yes. You can't die if you're an X-Man. The island of Krakoa will just reborn you in a new body. Over and over. Yeah, it's really, really messed up. <laughs> what are you guys working on coming up that you're allowed to talk about? If you're under contract for something, I understand completely. Tim's not allowed to talk at all. Tim can't talk about anything black label <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Dan. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> um, uh, I got a bit of stuff right now. I mean, um, Tim and I are actually just working on. Am I allowed to say anything on that? Uh, what are we working on? <laughs> the eight pager. Are we? Eight oh, yes. Uh, yeah, keep it quietish. Yes, because <laughs> I gotta wait. Tim, Tim and I are working on a little something. A me. little something yeah. for a company that could probably sue the pants off of us. I understand. No, it's not a not not. not it's a just a nice surprise. It's a fun surprise. Oh, it's a surprise. Okay, so it's not a company that will sue the shit out of us. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, just, we don't want to. We just don't want to spoil anything. No, no, that's totally fine. I'm actually working on a, uh, a new comic book. I'm trying to put together a team for for Kickstarter coming up uh, this spring. It's a Christmas comic book. Cool. Yeah, um, I'll email also, you. Uh, I'll email you both individually about it because I don't even want to say what it is without giving away the idea over the air, over the podcast waves, and someone be like, "Oh, I'll beat them to it and do it," and then I'll be like, mm-hmm. "Fuck you!" But it's based on a public domain thing, and we're giving it some context and backstory to stuff that has never been explored before. Yeah, I'm also working on um, a uh, web comic book. I'm almost done with it. I wanted to. I started it. And then uh, I got my second child, and then COVID hit, so I had to. It really slowed down a lot. Oh no! Um, but my uh, space adventure movie called uh, uh, Metal Ice Cream, I'm almost done with it, and I'll be posting it for free online. Fantastic! And Tim, we got the third issue of Superman vs. Lobo coming up soon. Yes, that's coming out, and I also got uh, a Gwenverse from Marvel, the Spider Gwen book. You got a uh, Spider? Whoa, whoa! You're doing a Spider Gwen book, like a standalone issue, or one of these Ghost uh, Spiders? It's a miniseries. Oh, that's awesome. Are you drawing it or just writing it? Just writing. That's fantastic, uh, dude. Just in time yeah. for the Spider-Verse movie to come back. Yeah, that's my, I'm hoping I get some sweet-ass royalties off that one. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Maybe uh, they'll be like, hey, you got that hack slash? <laughs> hey, if you need any covers, let me know. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'll tell you, uh, the, this one is weird because uh, it's basically like the designer, Peach Momoko, is kind of... She's very popular, and so oh my god, just, she's insanely popular. We just like kind of just work with whatever she's drawing us. Uh, so, uh, and then I'm doing a uh, King Shark, which finishes up uh, pretty soon. Cool. And uh, I have uh, Robins uh, from DC, which is the all the Robins together. And um, what else am I working on? Uh, I got a list here. I have to look at. It. Oh, they just announced West of Sundown, which is the western uh, I'm doing. It has like 
horror elements. Uh, a lot yeah, of stuff. They read about that. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. dude, that's awesome. You had a full plate, and then of course money shot as well, and more Vampire the Masquerade stuff, right? Yep. And then also I'm doing um or a, uh, I'm drawing an eight-page uh, story for Archie, uh, Pureheart the superhero. Uh, that I'm gonna have. Uh, I get to draw with Fred Van Lente writing. I've wanted to draw for a long time, and I my on my uh, bucket list was to do Archie story. So I'm cool. Doing both. Yeah, so. Awesome. Daniel, do you have a book coming up? Uh, I don't think I have anything special. Uh, I've just been working on a lot of, like, commissions and... I will definitely email you about the uh, the Kickstarter thing coming up. Absolutely. Yeah. I will definitely... We can definitely talk uh, professional chit-chat about what this is, and, and you uh, will we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Because it's, sure. uh, it's, it will be uh, festive for the holidays, let's just say. Absolutely. Uh, it's something I don't think has been done before. So I'm, I'm very much about like, uh, okay, nobody did the Vlada thing. That's finally out of my system. All right, let's move on to something else. And I'm not <laughs> a good enough writer to come up with any ideas. So I'm going to try and reinvent some things that are just just way overdone. And I'm like, all right, let's do something different. So <laughs> uh, thank you both for coming on the show to talk about the uh, Army of Darkness versus Hack. And really appreciate it. The six issue series is one of my favorite stories in the hack slash uh, universe. Thanks. It's my favorite as well. It is is fantastic. I would love to see, you know, Cassie and and, and, and Ash team up again. I don't know if Dynamite still has the Army of Darkness. uh... Cool, cool. Thank you so much. You both have a happy new year. The Zoom call is about to kill us off anyway. So, <laughs> but I do appreciate you both coming back on the show and supporting the podcast in any way you guys no can. No problem. Anytime. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Good talk to you, Dan. Absolutely, man. Have a happy new year. You too. Much, much love and happy new year to all of your families and children as well. All right. Take care. Bye. Take Who you gonna stop tonight? Let the villains know that she's looking for a fight.